It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is pissing me off because I got 55% Taysom Hill in my advancing teams, which is great if he's healthy, but it's looking unlikely that he's healthy. Right. So that's that that's problematic because that 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 would have been a little bit of a different different it would have been a different player to have <laughs> compared to other good, people. Good pivot there to not have to try yeah. to say the word <laughs> differentiator. Come on, give uh, it a try. Uh, differentiator. I, Let's hear it. Different differentiate. Why can't I say it? <laughs> you really can't? That wasn't that wasn't a fake that one there. A bit. Give it to me one more time. Differentiator. Differentiator. There you go. I feel I feel like this it's turned into like spelling bee where say the word again differentiator. I was waiting for you to ask me country of origin. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's it's a problem. I have a problem. I guess apparently I have a problem with that word. I also have a problem. You know, spelling doesn't matter anymore because Google autocorrect. Right. I can't spell the word guarantee. Never could. Never tried. <laughs> I just, it's it's a mental block. I I just huh. Can't what what trips you up? It's the G U A start or something uh, in the middle, a vowel in the middle or something. How many or? how many R's are there? Is it J A U? I mean, there's you know the J A U. I have a J G thing. I think I have oh, a J-G wow. dyslexia thing working. It's oh. a lot. Do you think it's, it's because you're named Jeff and that you're constantly questioning whether you're a G E O F F Jeff or J E F F Jeff? I mean, I, I, I am not a G E O F F Jeff. No, you're really not. You're you're the you're the Jest Jeff I've ever known. Gamble on, fellas, gamble <laughs> on. Welcome once again to Gamble On, the weekly gambling podcast presented by usbets.com. I'm Eric Raskin, US Bets Managing Editor and Media Director, and I'm joined by my co-host, US Bets Senior Analyst Jeff Edelstein. This week on Gamble On, we'll talk about the first batch of ESPN Bet market share numbers. We'll talk about when the first bets will be placed in Vermont, and we'll talk about the first multi-million dollar theft committed by a Jacksonville Jaguars employee since Blake Bortles signed his contract extension in 2018. Hey-oh! <laughs> Bortles, he did not see that coming. Uh, all right, listen, coming up on the pod, we're also going to welcome World Poker Tour President and CEO Adam Pliska to talk all things poker. Stick around for the end, where I have some kind of harsh words for all things responsible gambling. Uh, but first, as always, Eric, plenty of news to discuss. Here's your Gamble On News of the Week, an inside look at the biggest stories in the world of gambling. Gambling. 
Exactly one month ago, on November 14th, ESPN Bet launched, and over the past few days, we've started receiving some of the first November revenue reports, which means we can start to assess ESPN Bet's performance in its first partial month. In Maryland, the combination of Barstool Sportsbook and ESPN Bet did $33 million handle, way up from the $9.6 million Barstool generated the previous month. In Indiana, handle was $27.5 million, up from just $7.7 million for Barstool in October. And in Iowa, handle of $15.3 million in November compared to $4.7 million in October. The market share is coming in around 6% in each state, and adjusted for a full month, it translates to a little under 10%. So the numbers look solid. Analysts are using words like encouraging. Penn's share price went up 7% on Monday. And one additional note, ESPN Bet is, according to JMP Securities, performing better in newer sports betting states like Massachusetts, Ohio, Kansas, and Maryland than in states where other sports books have been around for a few years. Jeff, your thoughts on these numbers, on whether ESPN and Penn should be feeling good, and on whether FanDuel and DraftKings should be worrying at all? Got a note from our friends at Eilers and Krychik, or however you pronounce it, EKG we'll go with. Sure. Uh, they should just, it should be Smith and Jones. It'd be a lot easier. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, they said that in Maryland, uh, ESPN gave out about $13 million in promo credits, accounting for nearly 50% of the entire promo spend in Maryland. Hmm. Um, so I'm going to take a beat on this here. You know what I mean? Uh, is it encouraging for ESPN bet? Sure. Are they throwing money at this? Uh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Do people like getting free bets? Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, let's let's just reserve judgment here. Let's see how they do when they're not throwing money at people. Uh, are people going to stick around? You know, are people going to stay at the ESPN bet as opposed to, you know, going back to FanDuel DraftKings? I don't think FanDuel and DraftKings need to worry now right. and probably not going forward. You know, I it's I don't know. The, 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 the longer and more we talk and the longer and more I report and the longer and more I think about it, I, I just see it, it being a tough, tough road. For anyone to, 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 you know, knock one of these two out of their perch. You know? Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I think I think the reserve judgment is the right approach on the SPN bet. It's certainly too early to draw any sweeping conclusions. I actually have a question that, that you may know the answer to. You may not. Chris Altrula surely would. Um, I probably should have found this out before recording if I was a half-decent journalist and podcast host. But do bonus bets count toward handle? You're you're not risking actual dollars, so I assume not. I think it does. You think it does count? Okay, because I think so. Maybe and maybe yeah. I could. My assumption could well be wrong. If they do count, then these handle numbers aren't really that impressive at all. Um, I figure if they're not part of the handle, then I would say encouraging at least is is the right word. I think the thirteen million in promo. I think that I, I think that is part of. Part of what they're counting as 33 million yeah. in handle. Yeah, I mean, could could well be. I don't. So, I don't know. Each state, I, is, each state does it differently. I'll right. There's also that. that. Yeah. Um. I, I'll be very interested to see the full month numbers in December when you know they're on even footing all month. Basically, it's not so much of the newly launched sportsbook frenzy, money flying around. Even though I'm sure the promo spend will still be pretty big, but things will be settling in a bit. If ESPN bet is indeed around. 10% market share in December, that tells us a lot more than, than these November numbers. Although I, I guess I'd say all it really would tell us is they're doing okay. You know, not failing, not crushing it, uh, getting, getting into the mix for number three sports book. 
basically. If if I was in a management position at ESPN Bet or Fanatics, I'd be kind of pissed off that the one of us is doing this at the same time as the other. You know, mm, I bet I you know I bet there's yeah. a story. I bet there's a story there, right? Hmm. That if only one of these big monsters was coming into the world right, right. now, like, what would that mean differently compared to the both? I mean, they're both going after the same exact customer right now. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they're not in all the exact same states, but right. but it's still, yeah, there is sort of that overlap of of them both. I, they took they've taken different approaches to the sort of launch and rollout. Fanatics has been more gradual. ESPN was here's well, was, a, yeah. a dozen states or whatever it was all at the same time. But um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it, the tying the two of them together has me also curious to track over the next year or two, you know, how they do. Yeah. Not that, but also sort of bigger picture. Is there room for this many second tier sports books? The, the yeah. ones, that, the ones that won't ever quite catch the fan. I shouldn't say ever, but won't in the next few years, catch the fan duels and DraftKings. Will one of these books drop off? Will they consolidate? You know, that the, the group that includes ESPN fanatics, MGM, Caesars, Bet365, Bet Rivers, I guess. Like, will all six of those still exist, say, two years from now? Yeah, I, I, don't, know. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Food for thought. Yeah. Um, let's move along. Uh, ESPN Bet was the latest major app to launch. Now we know what the next state to launch will be, although I'd stop short of calling it a major launch. It's Vermont. Population about 650,000. Pretty much the exact same as the county I live in in the Philadelphia suburbs. So not a game changer state, but a new state just the same. And uh, this week, Governor Phil Scott announced the launch date of January 11th and that three sports books, FanDuel, DraftKings and Fanatics, were awarded contracts. Uh, we know that BetMGM and Penn made bids also, but they were not among the approved operators. So that's it, Jeff. That's the news item. Not much to it, but uh, any comments on Vermont joining the party in about four weeks? I mean, honestly, the only the only thing I really have to say about this is is I'm questioning like your weird flex about living in a modestly populous county. I mean, do, do you, you got a do you have like a beef with Vermont? I, don't, I, don't, I hope <laughs> no. the answer is yes. I hope the answer is uh, yes. I know. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I have no beef with Vermont. I was just I I looked. I you know getting the outline ready for this. I was like, let's see what the population is in Vermont. Oh, about 650,000. Hmm, I wonder what the population is in Bucks County. It's got to be, it, it, it can't be that high, but I bet it's kind of close. And then it turned out it was like 646,000 or something mm. like that. So not a flex, just a, just a point of comparison that I found interesting. I've never been to Vermont. Uh, is that a, uh, is that a visa country or is passport enough? <laughs> uh, visa or MasterCard. I think accepted there. Oh, the other kind of visa. I'm not, you know, yeah. I've have I ever been to Vermont? Uh, it's a question. I am I am not sure. Uh, I've been to Maine, so I may have passed through Vermont. I can't remember if you have to to get to Maine. Um, I do actually have a Vermont correspondent for us going forward. Uh, my my boxing podcast co-host lives in Vermont. He moved there from D.C. about five years ago to uh, experience the quiet life albeit with a mediocre internet, making Zoom and Skype connections for podcasting occasionally challenging. Mm. Um, now, he's not a big gambler or sports better, but he, he loves boxing and he loves soccer, and I think he's at least betting curious. So I do expect he'll open an account or two and see what he thinks. So, you know, possibly uh, direct reports from an actual Vermont better to come in the new year. Something to look forward to. You know, there's some people who say there's no such thing as betting curious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
it's funny. I I got that term from there was uh, there was like an Action Network and extended editorial group uh, powwow in New York back in the spring. And th- there they kept using the term betting curious. I had never I had never used it before, but that that was sort of like the part of the target audience is not just betters. We're also trying to attract the betting curious. And uh, so but yeah, I hadn't thought about putting it in uh, in terms with other things that have curious attached. <laughs> Um, I mean, on a serious front, uh, on this on this Vermont news, just with the the three sports books that they approved, um, yeah. this makes two states now, along with Connecticut, where Fanatics will be able to, to compare head, itself yeah. directly. Uh, to, yeah, to paraphrase what you said last week, and this is even more apples to apples to apples because they're all launching at the same time. So we may learn a little something here about Fanatics competing with the big boys. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, if I'm Fanatics, honestly, I would go. I believe the term would be balls to the wall. Sure. Uh, because I think what what you may gain in market share and, you know, handle and money and GGR would be paled to what you might gain in marketing. If you could mm. say, look what we're doing. We are beating FanDuel and DraftKings in Vermont. We are beating FanDuel and DraftKings here. You know what I'm saying? That that's Yeah, that's an interesting that's an interesting approach if they kinda over invest resources in Connecticut and Vermont. And to be able to hype it everywhere. Uh, just to be able to say that, yeah, it's a big three. It's not just right. a big two. Yeah, yeah, interesting. All right. Well, uh, we'll reach out to our friends at Fanatics and uh, sell them this idea. Yeah. Okay. I think we just gave it away, but it's fine. <laughs> You're right. You know what? Uh, if people listen to this part of the podcast and I've bleeped out little bits there, it's because there it we're is. protecting our proprietary information. If That's you right. If you heard everything we just said, then you'll know that I was too lazy to beep it. Yeah. Um, our third story this week uh, figures to lend itself better to discussion than that that relatively quick uh, Vermont conversation. Former Jacksonville Jaguars employee Amit Patel, who stands accused of defrauding the franchise to the tune of $22.2 million, cited gambling addiction as the cause of his actions. Specifically, the money mostly went toward high-stakes DFS play. Our friends at Roto-Grinders shared their data on him under the screen name Parlay Picker, which tells you right off the bat, not a sharp. Uh, Their data shows nearly $500,000 in GPP entries since 2017, but the bigger losses, it is believed, came in high-stakes three-person contests, often with buy-ins of $24,000 and up. One person quoted by ESPN speculated that Parlay Picker is the biggest loser ever on FanDuel, and multiple sources said he would sometimes have lineups with inactive players or enter empty lineups. His lawyer also suggested to The Athletic that some of the losses came on sports betting, that it wasn't all DFS. But apparently Patel manipulated the funds in the Jaguars virtual credit card program and used them to make a lot of top DFS players rich. Jeff, this sounds like one of the stranger gambling addictions I've ever come across. I assume you and Parlay Picker's preferred stakes never overlapped. Uh, What do you make of this whole mess? And do the DFS operators have some responsibility to intervene if an account is losing this much money? It's a good question, honestly. I've been thinking on it. But, you know, but yeah, no, my $3 tournament lotto plays did not uh, <laughs> Venn diagram with Parlay Picker. Um, right. You know, we don't, do we know if they intervened at all? Is that Has that come out? Uh, we don't know. All they did was right. sort of no comment uh, in the in the ESPN stories and other stories that I've read. Yeah. The, you know, I mean, my, my, my initial reaction, you know, from the responsible gambling, you know, point of view is like yeah they probably should like do a check-in at minimum and be like you're all right like you're betting big 
But I, you know, like a this peer-to-peer small game three-way, you know, like FanDuel's DraftKings, they're 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 just the I don't even want to call them the house. I mean, yeah, they're they're making money on the rake, obviously, but they're they're just kind of hosting the game, you know, in a way. I, I feel like I don't I don't know. Play if if I play, I feel like playing a three-man is different because you could do it off-site if you wanted to, really. You know what I mean? It's like so small that like. Yes, they should have probably. Yes, I think as a general rule, somebody's losing a shit ton of money. They should probably do a check in. Mm-hmm. But it's. I feel like this is different somehow. I don't, I'm. I'm having a hard time putting my finger on it. But I just feel like this. The 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 the, the three man nature of it. The, you know, it's almost like a head to head here. Right. They're the facilitators, kind of of it. But I, I think of it like it, it's almost like a home poker game. Like who's going to step in? You know, if you're losing, you know, $10,000 at a home poker game, you know what I mean? You, you follow what I'm saying? Right, right, you're right. They're, as you say, they're they're just taking the rake. They're not, I guess, right. You could make the case that they are not taking advantage of this guy. They're opening up the opportunity for some of their other Others, players right. to take advantage of this guy. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really torn on whether they bear any responsibility. I mean... I would assume internal alarm bells had to have gone off with the, with the size of the deposits, but you know, if the money was there, the money was there. If, if this was Jeff Bezos putting a half million bucks on the site and blowing through it quickly and reloading, you'd just be like, awesome. We have this rich customer. How great for us and our ecosystem, you know, all up to a point, you know, I, I, there, there comes a time when someone like this gets flagged and you, would figure you do the most careful KYC checks possible. So, yeah, I I don't know. I'm really torn on whether they they should have done anything. And of course, as we you said, we don't know. Maybe they did sort of do something or look into it or whatever. I I would at least would say going forward, after the publicity this story is getting, FanDuel and DraftKings should have a reaction to a customer who behaves this way going forward. They, the first thing they have to do is remember that they're offering DFS. <laughs> right, right. Good point. Yeah, for for however much longer they're offering DFS, no, they're going to offer entirely a sports book uh, business. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. <laughs> oh, wow, sorry, didn't want to piss, didn't mean to piss you off. This is my fun little hobby. Just All let right. it be. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I. It's. I, I feel like it's different than if someone was pumping like you know millions of dollars into like an online you know casino. I, I, maybe it isn't. Maybe maybe I should. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it shouldn't be different, but it feels different to me. No, I agree. It, it definitely is different. And but I, that doesn't doesn't mean that they are absolved of responsibility. Right. It just exactly. means it's kind of hard to yeah. say. Um, when I was introducing the topic, I, I said that it sounded like a strange gambling addiction. But the more the more I think about it, it, it may actually be somewhat common. The the gambling addiction where someone is actively trying to lose, trying to punish themselves, acting out a form of depression that way. Um, Many years ago, I I watched someone who did, in fact, have a gambling addiction playing cash game poker at a casino and just going all in blind, hand after hand. And I kind of thought at the time he was looking for the rush of someone calling him and, and, hey, let's see how the cards come out. But maybe it was more like, someone call me and please take my money. Just, just being in a dark mental space and using gambling to 
try to lose money for some sort of reason I can't quite understand. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Keith White. Maybe the next time we have him on the podcast, this is another thing to ask him about, you know, whether whether this is a common thing, the gambling addict who's actively trying to lose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm glad I don't have an answer to that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do lose as our bankroll segment coming up oh, will, yeah. will show us, but you're not trying to. Also, rarely bet sports for the record. To be, I want to be right. very clear about that. Right. Yes. The, the bankroll is not an indication of my normal gambling. <laughs> uh, Same so. here. Same here. You know. Yeah. We are. We are winners in our respective best disciplines. We just yes. uh, may may not be winners in uh, non-bonus bet boosted sports betting. Correct. Yeah. Um, I'll just to put put a button on this. I'll just say that I'm I'm glad to hear Patel is in treatment and is owning what he did and pleading guilty and all that. I think that's a, a positive uh, step uh, in light of uh, everything that that uh, he's uh, allegedly done these last few years. Agreed. It's time to welcome a special guest from the world of gambling. Let's get to the Gamble On interview. As we record this interview, the 2023 World Poker Tour World Championship is getting underway at Win Las Vegas with registration open until Friday's final starting flight and a winner to be crowned December 21st, taking the lion's share of a $40 million guaranteed prize pool, the largest guarantee in tournament poker history. Joining us now to talk about this tournament and more is the president and CEO of the World Poker Tour, Adam Pliska. Adam, welcome to Gamble On. Well, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you uh, for for having me today. Let's start with the obvious question. Uh, What made you go with that massive $40 million guarantee and... How confident are you as of this interview recording on Monday? UPT sure. won't be paying overlay. Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, it's a a, a good day to be having the interview. Um, <laughs> I it was we started to think about it almost immediately after last year. We had put up a fifteen million dollar guarantee, and uh, for the first few days, I was pacing that. You know, I, I you know I, I didn't think we would be substantially under, but you know, there's always you know a, a couple million dollars overlay is nothing that anybody wants and uh but it was terrific we had over 29 million dollars it was a terrific turnout and this partnership uh with rin resort has been great i mean it's just allowed us to to create the a poker tournament we always wanted to design and last year that the the uh the uh, global uh poker awards it uh it won the tournament of the year we with that the question is, how do you make year two something that is makes year one not seem like it was the fluke? It was, you know, we got lucky. And as I keep saying to my staff, um, we need to make it Godfather two, right? We need, you know, you need to, you, you, you want to make sure that that sequel establishes that this is a franchise and we intend to continue to make it better. Uh, so we've done a number of changes, a number of upgrades, but really what is going to bring the best value to the players is making sure that they know that there is a substantial guarantee. So um, uh, after a lot of consultation about where that could go, we landed on 40 and um, in part it was due to what kind of space limitations that we had. Um, But it, it's a big number and um, I have certainly been, 
mindful of it and mindful that this is a real guarantee. I mean, this is not a, you know, we've underplayed it. Um, uh, this is something that we, it's a big bet. Mm-hmm. But we've had started with the prime. There was a two million uh, uh, guarantee on the prime event, and as of last night, um, we've surpassed ten million dollars. So wow. this is a very, very auspicious sign. I, I, I think the everybody is feeling quite confident now that um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look like a much happier man toward the, uh, <laughs> you know, toward the fifteenth or so. So as, as as long as you brought it up, I have to know Godfather one or Godfather two, which uh, which side do you? Oh, call? I, I think it's well, Godfather one was the year of my birth. So it has some kind of sentimental value. But I think Godfather two is I think it's one of the best films of all time. OK, yeah. I, I, I mean, only, I think the they're both. Among, the only yeah, see, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a one guy. One is my all time okay. favorite movie. So what can okay, I tell all you? All right. But, all right. Well. I've, I've learned, though, not to argue continues. with the two people there. You know, it's, you, you can't win. They're, they're both great. As long as you love them both, it's fine. That's right. That's right. I, I think we agree it's not three. Right. Yes. Three. <laughs> so, uh, you know, making a, a guarantee, a $40 million guarantee here, a $40 million bet, if you will, suggests that you feel pretty good about the You know, the overall health of uh, the game of poker right now. Um, so let go back to like 2009 when you became uh, WPT president. You know, at the yeah. time, the boom was still going on, the first boom. Um, do you think the game's healthier now than it was then? Oh, it's, it certainly is healthier now, uh, in part uh, because you have a much broader base of players. Um, you know, uh, the question I would get um, was, for years of what would, you know, what are we going to do at, you know, post the boom. And my response oftentimes was the boom actually didn't end. Uh, The boom just continued in different places. It happened in, in uh, Asia. It's you're seeing it in Latin America. Um, You know, first it happened in Europe. That was the big, that was a big wave in the early, in the mid two thousands. And so the result of that is, that you had a new wave of people who were interested, who knew how to play. And, um, and you have a lot more poker available that to some people would seem like it's something that I wouldn't want. Uh, you know, why would I only want people to be at our events, but our biggest, um, you know, our, our biggest challenge is not another poker tournament. Our biggest challenge is the real estate in people's mind of what they want to do in their free time. And so if you have good poker um, uh, available out there, well-organized tournaments, um, people are reminded that they like to play and it helps everybody. And so right now uh, you're seeing, you know, you're seeing very good number, you know, uh, uh, decent numbers at, uh, at other tournaments. And obviously from this one, this is by far, you know, beyond our expectations. And we just, we're we're just going to need more room. <laughs> so I, I have another sort of uh, then versus now kind of question for you. Sure. I, I saw one of your recent releases noting that Gus Hansen was playing at Win early yeah. in the festival, and and Gus, of course, was one of the many players who became big stars mm-hmm. about twenty years ago, and he remains a big name today because of it. Can poker still create big stars in twenty twenty three? And I guess a s- s- sort of a related question. Does it even matter? Like, like how important is star power to WPT TV ratings? Yeah, so it absolutely creates stars, but the media is different. I mean, in 2000, in 2003, 
So I, you know, when I, I was originally the general counsel of the company in 2003, when we brought the company public, uh, we had, you know, one network and we aired it in one network. And maybe two years later, we started some international distribution and that is all on linear television. We're now on 91 uh, outlets, uh, many of them OTT stations throughout the uh, throughout the world. Uh, so what you actually have, and it's it, poker is able to be consumed differently. You have live streams, you have the polished uh, uh, show, you have highlights that you can come on. You have, um, if you're on social media, you can you have one minute hands that are being played, and so uh, these stars are stars in that community. You'll you'll see you have many many stars in. Uh, you know, it might be you're the high roller expert where before in 2003, you know, you knew Gus Hansen, you didn't know, and you knew uh, Daniel Negreanu and you knew Phil Ivy and you knew Phil Helmuth. And yes, they're still around today, but that was your world. That was your mass media world. And now if you're a high stakes player, you watch high stakes streams. And if you're a tourney player, you know, you're going to watch, you know, you're going to watch tournaments. And, you know, if you're uh, more mass market, you'll watch the, uh, the linear television show. Um, and there is a community, there's a sub community for you. And that's where the big stars are being made. All right. With, with, with all that said, when a, like a Phil Hellmuth type makes it onto a, a televised uh, table for, for you guys, do you notice a, a bump in the ratings or is it kind of consistent regardless of of the you know quote unquote star power of the players involved yeah um it, it's interesting because it's evolved on linear television uh now uh, people just want to see really good hands and good poker okay. um uh it is uh you know it, it, before you would do a celebrity event and that would be a, that would be a, be a very big um draw and i think online that will still you know attract some people and who who uh, people want to see is will is always going to be important, but the audience has really matured, and the mm-hmm. audience looks at this far more uh, similar to any other major sport. It is fun to see, you know, a pro am and uh, a special series, but at the end of the day, you have now a mass audience who really likes to play poker and they want to see some great hands, and so that's really the driving force. Is you know. Good poker hands. Poker's a game that never stops. Or I'm sure, obviously, you got your calendar open to 24 and beyond. Um, on the for the upcoming schedule next year, anything in particular you got your you got your you're looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, we have great events. I mean, we have uh, you know one of the events that uh, I have been just uh, completely impressed with is Cambodia. People love to go Cambodia. They're using dollars. There, it's a massive event. It's a, a, a beautiful place um i'll be uh uh, back in provence that was uh was it you know provence before beautiful uh you know beautiful location but one of the things that we're going to be doing here um that we hadn't been done before is i i had been down at uh, necker island and i talked to uh, richard branson and we had done these cruises and he said why you know why don't you do your cruise on our virgin voyage um uh, it's adult, adults only it seems like it would go uh work well so i went out there it's a completely different experience we did a small test it sold out it was really great we put a poker room a wpt poker room on the ship 
And now in March, we will take over the entire ship. It's the first time that it's been done. We're going to take over 1,300 cabins. So we're just going to have the poker community at sea. We're going to have a main tour event. We'll have any level of buy-ins. Plus, we'll have an amazing, we'll probably have the greatest player party uh, in poker because it'll be at uh, the Bahimi Beach. Um, and I'm excited by that because just like the event that we're going through right now, the World Championship, it's one of these reunion events where everyone can come. It's at different levels and you get the entire poker community. And it's a really good, you know, it, it also is a good indication of the health of the uh, health of the market. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. I was going to say, if you're running out of spaces somewhere, I got a garage that I could get a couple tables in. Okay, you know, all right. Oh, yeah, the, we appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, it'll see the invitational. You know. <laughs> What's, right. What guarantee are you putting up, Jeff? There's limited. Uh, dinner. I'll guarantee dinner. A good dinner. All right. Meal. All right. We got it. All right. The rake isn't the rake isn't too bad. <laughs> so, so I'm just curious. So before we let you go, Adam, how, how's your poker game? Uh, you know, 14 years as president yes. and CEO of WPT. Have you yeah. have you gotten pretty yes, good at they, No Limit Hold'em? Uh, um, uh, I, I still continue to get invited to a lot of home games, which is not a good uh, was not a good indication <laughs> that my poker game is uh, is very good. Um, I was a I was a lawyer and a, and a TV producer before, and I didn't come in. I'm you know I'm one of the I'm known in the industry that I didn't come in through the traditional poker way. I have learned over time about what this this game, how it relates to the industry and loss and business, and it's just a tremendous it's a tremendous sport. Um, mine uh, I am by far not the best player. Um, I do know how to play, and I've come to appreciate it. Uh, but I do let that for the experts and, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be behind the scenes and just trying to do the best I can to make sure we have uh, fun events and people keep showing up. Now, now you're definitely getting invited to Jeff's garage. <laughs> yes. 100%, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's been great talking to you, Adam. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, good luck Thank with, you. uh, with the guarantee. I guess by the time people hear this, they'll have some idea how it's tracking, but, uh, hopefully no yeah. overlay and, uh, and happy holidays, of course. All right. Thanks very much. Two men, $10,000. Will they run it up or blow it all? It's time to check in on the Gamble On bankroll. We'll get to bagels and locks shortly, but first, let's update our betting bankroll and... This was a hard luck week, Jeff. Uh, so sometimes our bets just suck and we have a losing yeah. week. This week we ran bad. We, we were this close to a perfectly successful week, only to have a fairly shitty week. Uh, first <laughs> off, uh, one old bet that I actually could have graded when the Heisman finalists were announced, but I forgot to. Uh, Penn State quarterback Drew Aller did not win the Heisman. We lost $30. The first bit of close but no cigar, we had the Pacers at plus 1400 to win the in-season tournament. They reached the finals. If we were a daily podcast, I might have placed a hedge bet on the Lakers, but uh, alas, we lost $20 there. Sticking with the NBA in-season tournament, you bet the over in Pacers Bucks, didn't get there, lost $56. The heartbreaker, you had LeBron over 43.5 points plus rebounds plus assists. He had 30 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds. That's a total of 43, and he didn't play in the fourth quarter of a total blowout. That mm -hmm. is just brutal. Uh, we lost $56 on that, and a parlay of your two picks uh, that went 0 for 2 lost us another $25. 
let's break up the bad news with one bright spot. I had the Patriots on the money line at plus 235 against the Steelers. We won $141 there. But I also had the Rams on the money line against the Ravens at plus 290, and they had all sorts of opportunities to win that game and lost on a punt return touchdown in overtime, which lost us $50 instead of winning us another 145 and it cost us a $20 parlay on the two underdogs together that would have won us $241. So that one hurts. Um, Two last pieces of bad news. You took the over on yards for Justin Jefferson. He got injured after two catches. I guess that's why you shouldn't do two or three units on a quote-unquote sure thing. Uh, it, it cost us 110 but better than costing us the 330 I believe you said you wanted to bet on it. Um, and uh, your Cowboys SGP lost by a lot. We dropped $25 there. We're not doing well, Jeff. Uh, for the week, we lost $251. We're now down by $4,840. We also have 2926 on hold in futures bets, and that leaves us with, I believe, a new low, $2,234 available to bet with this week. We really need to steal some fake money from the Jaguars to fund this thing. Uh, anyway, uh, you're, you're up first, Jeff. All right, so keeping with my disastrous picks, uh, here's another one for you. Tonight, Easton Stick. You ever hear of this guy? Yeah, well, just this week I did, yeah. <laughs> I won an anytime touchdown at plus 550 at BetMGM. It's 25 bucks to win 162. Rationale here. Guy was a runner in college. 41 touchdowns on the ground over his four years. He's six foot 225. He's a bit of a bruiser. Didn't run it all last week. Yeah, this Chargers team is, you know, a hot mess. This game is meaningless. I don't I mean, if Easton Stick played, you know, a full schedule, is he going to rush in two, two or three touchdowns over the year? I think he would. Okay. So it's an, it's an odds play for me. All right. I, I kind of like that. Easton Stick is the least real sounding name I think I've ever heard in the NFL. It definitely sounds like some like video game football player fake name, right? Yeah, it, it's not. It's a great name, but I yeah, I mean, it does not sound real, but it is. Apparently. I, I guess. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's what they tell us. That's that's you know that's they a sheeple just going to believe it. <laughs> I'm I'm going to question this one. This is is I'm going to go full conspiracy theory on this. His <laughs> name is not Easton Stick. Um, all right, we'll we'll get to the bottom of that by next week, I'm sure. Um, when he gets, especially after he gets injured in the first drive and doesn't score an anytime touchdown. Right. Um, I am going to start with a simple NFL side here. Uh, this is not going to end up being my bagels and locks pick because um, it's a bet I like, but but. I don't feel like it's reliable exactly. My bet is the Bears plus three at the Browns, which is even money at a couple of books. It was also plus three and a half minus 115 at one book, though that's gone now. But this is just a weird line. Browns at home. We know how much better their defense is at home. Flacco's looking good. They're battling for a playoff spot. So are the Bears, I guess. But their playoff dreams are a bit of a long shot. I just... I would have thought this is a Browns by four and a half or five and a half kind of situation. Could even have seen Browns by six. This line feels too low. It feels like the sports books are begging people to bet the Browns. So just playing amateur sports betting reverse psychologist, I got to bet the Bears, uh, even getting not that many points on the road. Bears plus three. Let's go a little smaller due to the realities of our bankroll. Let's risk 75 to win 75. All right, uh, I'm piggybacking on you here a little bit. I, okay. I, I, I like Justin Fields. Uh, the props are only up at Caesars. I'm not thrilled with the prices, but I, I'm taking them both. Justin Fields over 58 and a half rushing yards, uh, minus 117 for you know 
let's just do 50 there mm-hmm. or 50 whatever you want 50 set i don't know i didn't do the math you, <laughs> well you it, would, it would have to be 50 58 to win 50 we'll we'll call it that yeah it, it would technically be 58 then, 50 but i'm gonna round down the 50 right, right, cents yeah, okay yeah. okay uh and then i want any time touchdown for fields at plus 210 Okay. Uh, that also for 50. Okay. Uh, the Browns play, I found out uh, through some research, they play man-to-man coverage at the highest rate in the league um, by a relatively significant margin. Uh, rushing quarterbacks are always a much bigger threat against man defenses. Uh, the Browns have only faced one rushing quarterback this year, Lamar Jackson. Uh, first game, and, and, and Lamar has not been running nearly as right. much. Right. Uh, as he has in the past. But first game, he, he, he got it in the box twice. Second game, he rushed for 41 yards. I don't know. I think Fields, you know, the, the Fields could hit both these numbers on the first drive. You know, things break right. So I, I like them both. Okay. You don't want to, you don't I'm want not going to parlay. The parlay number was like only like 310. I just, I can't wow. in good conscience like do that. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure I'll get find a better price on that once other books. All right, yeah. but I, 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 this is more responsible, I think. Break it up, uh, yeah. you know, So that, so that if we go one for two, it's, uh, it's not a disaster. In fact, yeah. if we, if we go one for two and the one that wins the, right the any time right. touchdown, we're, we're ahead. So, uh, yeah. okay. Um, for my second bet, I'm uh, going back to the well of my safe-ish boxing favorites. But this week, uh, there isn't a mispriced like minus 400 or minus 650 like the other recent ones I won with. This is much less of a sure thing, but I still think. Jesse Bam Rodriguez is slightly mispriced for his Saturday fight against Sonny Edwards. Best price I found was on DraftKings. Rodriguez is a minus 215 favorite, and uh, that's the two-way line, so we get a refund if it's a draw. This is absolutely a competitive matchup, but Edwards is a British fighter with a real stinker showboat style. He can't punch at all, just uh, four KOs in 20 fights. He's almost certainly not going to get a stoppage win over Rodriguez, so he'd need to win a decision, which he's done with regularity in England, but this is in Phoenix. The crowd figures to be behind Rodriguez, who's from San Antonio. I just can't see the judges rewarding Edwards' style unless he's putting on a real obvious boxing clinic. I'm about 80% confident Bam Rodriguez wins this fight, which means minus 215 is a very good value. I'm risking almost 10% of our bankroll here, but I, I think it's the right play. $215 to win 100 on Rodriguez. All right, I'll risk another 10% of our bankroll. Um, oh, God. Well, no. I mean, it's three. <laughs> it's two. It's, it, all right. The first one's a teaser. Okay. All right. 100 to win 160 at MGM. I want the Rams, uh, you know, giving half a point to the commanders in Los Angeles. I just think this is a clear, yeah. clear, a clear spot for the Rams. Like that. I want, I want the Patriots plus 14 and a half at home against the Chiefs. Okay. I don't think this Chiefs team is beating anybody by 14 and a half points. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, the, and the Pats have a good defense and yeah. kind of can, yeah. can slow the game down. Okay. And then I, I want the Jets plus 14 and a half points on the road in Miami, which shaping up to be a wind-swept, rain-swept game. And, you know, the Jets corner, you know, the Jets, I mean, they match up well against the Dolphins. I mean, it's just that that's, you know, on, on defense. So, yeah, I want I want that. Um so yeah, a hundred to win one sixty on the tees, and then my long shot. I have to have one long shot a week, right? This is <laughs> you don't this have is, to, but okay. This is plus seventeen hundred FanDuel. I want fifty dollars uh-huh. on it. Uh-huh. All right, okay. To win eight, to win eight fifty. Uh huh. Jets and Patriots money line parlay. Okay, okay. Um... Don't tell me you can't see both of that, that that those those games that those games flipping like that. So. 
what I was going to say about the teaser is that this is your your finest teaser yet in terms of God, all of these legs look right. You're on the right side of 14 on both of the underdogs and the Rams just have to win. The teaser is like logic, logic galore that, that makes that look beautiful. I don't know about the, these these underdogs actually winning one these of games. Win. One of, at least one of them's going to win. Yeah, Guaranteed. one of one of them's going to win, and the other one's going to lose by fifteen. That sounds exactly right. <laughs> All no, right. I, I really, I, 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 think this. I, I like. I mean, I think. I don't know. The, both I, teams are live. Both underdogs are really live. I think in these the games. the like, the pa- the Patriots. I, I well. So I feel like I would say the Patriots are live, except that the Chiefs are on this losing streak, and it just sort of starts to become a well, the Chiefs can't possibly lose; they they have to win this game, right? So, um, I, I right, wish. So the Chiefs, yeah, I know, I know. I don't know. Gonna, they they it's, both. It's, it's, you it's you make thirteen ten. Yeah, they're not scoring. Yeah, you know? no. I mean, they're both. Each one, I can see the case for it. I'm just not sure that. Uh, but look, seventy to seventeen to one. Yeah, uh, it's it's not it's yeah it's it's about the right price for uh, what is a long shot but a not impossible long shot. Famous last words. <laughs> All right. Um, my final bet this week is a Thursday night NBA bet. I like the Thunder on the money line tonight against the Kings in Sacramento. We can get slightly plus money on the superior team. OKC is as high as plus one hundred five. The teams aren't that far apart by record. Thunder 15 and 7, Kings 13 and 9, just two games apart. But the Kings have a negative point differential. The Thunder have the best point differential in the Western Conference. They're playing well. They've won four or five. OKC is also a great road team, seven and three this season on the road. It's close, but I favor them ever so narrowly to win this game, and we're getting plus money. So uh, let's take it. But, you know, one NBA game, a lot of variance, anything can happen. Keep it small. Let's bet sixty dollars to win sixty-three as we nurse our dwindling pile of fake money. Maybe should we take out a, a fake loan? Just, <laughs> just have a little bit of a cushion. Um, we're not quite there yet, but I, yeah, uh, if if we get to it. a point where like in order to make bets in a given week they have to be like eleven-dollar bets, uh, then yeah, okay. then then we got to think about reloading and and what that would entail. Okay. All right. Um, time once again for bagels and locks, and uh, we're both feeling good, both coming off wins. You had the Niners, I had the Pats. We both got our covers, so we're both seven and five now. Quite respectable. Jeff, what's your guaranteed can't lose lock of the week this week? So, uh, you know, I'm going to go with the Bengals, uh, given two and a half points at home to the Vikings. This co- For me, this comes down to just the way these teams play. The Vikings are the most blitz-heavy team in the NFL. The Bengals, since, since Burrow went down, they are using Browning and you know they're uh, they're become the the they're rushing the ball they're throwing short passes you know their 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 offense even taking out game planning against the Vikings would have been running in short passes you know what I mean so mm-hmm. I, they just match up well plus their home plus the Vikings are on their fourth quarterback you know outside you know in the elements so yeah I'm gonna take Cincinnati give it given the two and a half all right. This 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 game pits two of our uh, futures bets against each other. We have uh, Cincinnati to win the AFC, which has no prayer. No. But it, I mean, it it seemed okay until Joe Burrow got hurt, and right, then uh, right. now it's like they may sneak into the playoffs, but they're obviously not uh, not reaching the Super Bowl. Um, and then we have uh, the Vikings to make the playoffs, uh, which is there. They are. We got them at plus one sixty five, and they are currently minus money to make the playoffs. But it's pretty close. So. Um, I'm, I didn't really have a point there other than the just uh, 
an observation more than a point, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Sometimes that's what. The, sometimes that's all I can give you. Um, my lock of the week. I've been trying to ride the under train without a lot of success. Uh, this week, I like an over. Bills Cowboys over fifty and a half. This game screams shootout to me. Uh, there may be a little rain in Buffalo, but nothing too bad. Reasonable temperatures, fifty-ish. Not some freezing, windy, snowy Buffalo December game. The Cowboys are going to put up points on this injury-riddled defense, and Josh Allen is going to have to do his Superman routine and try to keep up while also probably Josh Allening once or twice and committing a terrible turnover that could well put points on the board for the Cowboys. I just really expect scores in the high 20s or into the 30s here, 33-30, something like that. Love the over. Stone Cold Lock. Love it. All right. That'll do it for this episode of Gamble On. Thanks, everybody out there for listening. And thanks again to our guest, Adam Pliska. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Raskin and Jeff at Jeff Edelstein and follow US Bets at US underscore bets. Go to usbets.com for all the latest news and analysis from the world of gambling and subscribe to this podcast on Megaphone, Apple Podcasts, Spotify or anywhere else. And with that, Jeff, please take us out. You know, I wrote a story this week on Sports Handle that, in hindsight, is kind of stupidly obvious to me. You know, everyone, like, in this industry, in this space, I don't care who you are, you got an opinion on responsible gambling. But, uh, you know, we also kind of know that no one's really using these responsible gambling tools. And we found that out, like, clearly at uh, a recent Massachusetts Gaming Commission meeting. They were That was hour 753 of their now <laughs> Guinness World Record for longest continuous meeting. But anyway, we found out that about 2% of Massachusetts betters, at least 2% of Massachusetts betters who use DraftKings and uh, ESPN or Barstool at the time use uh, RG tools. I mean, that's that's shocking. That's low, obviously. You know, and I talked to some people for this article. And, you know, the answer to this is, like, so painfully obvious, you know, now that I've, like, thought about it. Give give me an incentive to engage with RG Tools, and I will engage with RG Tools. Give me $5 bonus money to set a limit, and I will set a limit. Uh, this is the most obvious thing in the world, you know? The fact that the sports books aren't doing this, at least not yet, kind of tells me all I need to know about their seriousness when it comes to responsible gambling. You know, you could shut up the regulators by pointing to marketing spend and all that, but it's clearly not doing anything. Much like everything else in life, incentivize me, and I will engage. Until then, I will gamble on. Gamble on.